0: Let us pray together. Faithful God, we invite your Holy Spirit now to take the words that I have prepared. And in the beautiful way that you love to do, to minister to each of us at our place of deepest need. Maybe a word of encouragement, correction, restoration, reorientation. Let each of us go home today feeling and knowing that you have touched our hearts in some deep way. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. So in six brief verses in Psalm 23, This psalm, poetically and honestly, describes the whole journey of of us as human beings from beginning to end. Describes our lives with its full array of joys and sorrows. Think about it for a moment, walking through green pastures, beside still waters through terrifying valleys, facing our enemies, and then returning to the safety of home. And along the way, we hear the good news of God's provision, God's guidance, and above all, God's faithful presence with us every step of the way. Back in 1968 in Vietnam, during the Tet Offensive, our own Harley Cooker and several companions would gather together every evening during that harrowing time 55 years ago. In the fading light, they would recite Psalm 23 together in hushed voices. Hushed because the place where they were sheltering in the bombed out city of Hue had gaping holes in the walls and there were Viet Cong soldiers out in the street all the time. During those incredibly terrifying and disorienting days, Psalm 23 anchored them, reminded them day by day of God's abiding presence with them. And I'm sure many of us as well would have stories to share like this one of how we heard Psalm 23 in some time of great vulnerability or perhaps in some time of great joy. I know here at this church I've shared this psalm with you many, many times. In your times of celebration, in your times of heartbreak, early in your lives, in the middle of your lives, and some I've shared it with them as they were taking their very last breaths. Psalm 23 addresses all of these aspects of our lives. And it's quite different in this respect from other psalms, which may be a psalm of lament or a psalm of praise, but Psalm 23 captures all of our lives in six brief verses. But I think one of the challenges that we all have is that this psalm is so incredibly familiar, right? And when it's so incredibly familiar, sometimes we can't hear it anymore. I sure suffer that. It's an occupational hazard for preachers. So, today, let me try. Let me try to give it a fresh reading, a fresh hearing for you. By toggling back and forth between Psalm 23 and Jesus's words for us today in John 10 because Jesus shows us what kind of shepherd God really is and Jesus shows us that there is nothing unchristlike in God There is nothing unchristlike in God. All right, off we go. Starting with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice that Psalm 23 begins and ends with God. God is the great bookend at the beginning and the end of this psalm. And here we hear the Bible's call for us to have a God-centered and God-guided and God-immersed life. For without God, we cannot know who we are, how much we are loved, or how we are to live. As Isaiah says so beautifully, without a shepherd, we all like sheep so easily wander astray, amen? The interesting thing is that in many African and Asian churches, the first verse here is also read as a bold political declaration. The Lord is my shepherd and not the cruel tyrant of the land. For them, it represents a radical pledge of allegiance to God alone verse 1 still I shall not want (laughs) I don't know about you but for years I didn't understand what that meant exactly so other translations help us with God as our shepherd we have everything we need we lack nothing to be in relationship with God is to already have everything we need. In the shelter of God's care, we are set free to live generously and trustingly, trustingly, because we know from long experience that God will provide what we need. This is beautifully illustrated then in verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures he restores, He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul." Now I always thought that this meant God's, this was referring to God's spiritual refreshment, and it does refer to that. But when we stayed on, when we stayed on the Greek island of Patmos for a month, I realized that it's also important to read this verse like a sheep. Because, you know, every morning a shepherd named Nicholas would come down with his flock and water them at the well, and then take them up to the hills for grazing. So in the same way, God provides also for our physical needs. With drink, still waters, and with food, green pastures. Verse 3. Our shepherd leads us in right paths for his name's sake. Here's another part of this psalm that I never quite understood. You know, we can repeat these things for his name's sake. What does that mean? And translators say that it means in keeping with God's good character. And what is God's character? Well, the Hebrew scriptures have... One word for this, and you know I love to repeat it again and again. What is it? Chesed. Chesed. Chesed can be found in the last verse of our psalm today. Surely goodness and chesed will follow me all the days of my life. Chesed can be translated as mercy. It is in the NRSV. It's translated as Uh, love in the NIV, but really we have to pile on a whole bunch of adjectives to get at the robustness and the fullness of this word in Hebrew. Chesed is divine love that is faithful, covenantal, loyal, merciful, merciful, and unfailing. It is love that never gives up on us. Verse four, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you notice the sudden change of key here in this Psalm? God is no longer referred to by the distant he but now by the intimate and holy you. Or in King James Version, thou. Thou art with me. And notice something, dear friends, and this is very, very important. That those who follow the Good Shepherd are never promised a life free of the valley free of the valley of suffering or pain or danger. In this life, we will all experience suffering, trauma, cancer, and heartbreak just like everybody else. But notice what we are promised in this verse that God in the midst of our dark valleys will always be with us, that God will never leave or forsake us. There is no terrifying valley where God won't faithfully and chesedly be with us. So false religion says God and TV evangelists God will make all your terrifying valleys magically go away. But true religion says, God is our way through them. God is our way through them. The way 800 years ago, during the Crusades, St. Francis chanted this verse as he and a companion crossed over enemy lines on a peacemaking mission with the sultan of Egypt. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Verse 5 You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup Overflows. Now, if you're anything like me, you would just love for this verse to mean, Lord, you lavishly bless me, and in so doing, you humiliate all of my enemies. And you know what? <laughs> That's probably what the original author means in this verse. But friends, remember our John passage. Does that kind of reading sound like the voice of Jesus? I don't think so. Is this what God is really like? Doesn't Jesus, our good shepherd, require a new and fresh reading of this verse? Because after all, did you hear that verse that Jesus always has other sheep that he is longing to bring back into the fold. There's no one outside his circle of concern, even our enemies. So, dear friends, what if the table that God shepherds us to is actually the table of reconciliation with our enemies? I wonder at this very moment, what might that mean for me and for you? What table might our gentle shepherd be leading us to? Verse six, surely goodness and chesed mercy shall follow me. And in Hebrew, it actually means pursue me. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for length of days, my whole life long. Dwelling in the house of the Lord, of course, refers to the temple in Jerusalem. But on a deeper level, it refers also to the possibility of living in the ever-present reality of God's loving presence. God's loving presence with us right here, right now, moment by moment by moment. Come to make your home in me, Jesus says in John 15. Come, abide in my house of love. In this life he is saying we will experience our struggles, our times of loss and heartbreak, just like everyone else. But we can trust that our good shepherd will see us through every valley. So dear friends, do you see what kind of people Psalm 23 makes us into? folks who come to the end of our days, saying, God's loving kindness has been pursuing us, restoring us, nourishing us, sustaining us from beginning to the very, very end. Amen.